Hello, all you Lasso fans, and welcome to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, the Ted Lasso fan cast from the Front Row Network and NPR Illinois Community Voices. I'm your host today, Craig. I'm joined today, Biscuits with the Boss Day, Jeremy Geckner, the editor-in-chief of the Front Row Network. As always, we say the best part of our week because we just got done watching Ted Lasso and an extra dose of awesome because it's a Christmas episode. La 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 <laughs> There's Ted Lasso and wrong. Christmas. I mean, I want to say at the start, first of all, there is nothing wrong about celebrating Christmas in August. I will celebrate Christmas any time of the year, especially when it's an episode this great. I am a sucker yeah. for a good Christmas episode. And holy moly, this really was a great Christmas episode. Uh, I should say right up at the top, thanks for listening to us. Thanks yeah. for following along here with Peanut Butter and Biscuits and checking out all of our takes on Ted Lasso and, <laughs> you know, being very uh, curious, but not judgmental. Yes, not judgmental, to us. but curious. So as always, we're going to just dive right into this episode because why not? It's a Christmas episode. It's wonderful. And so I'm going to take us through the episode today and uh, get some of your reactions, Jer, and see where we go from there. So we open up this episode, the Christmas episode for Ted Lasso with a secret Santa that is just hilarious. Yeah. First of all, we've got we've got some sweaters or we've got some scarves. We have lots and lots of booze, which booze. is funny. All the booze. <laughs> you get uh, you get a group of guys together uh, and you're going to get just everyone's going to bring booze to the to it. And it's just wonderful. Yeah. And of course, Jamie doesn't bring a gift because what <laughs> did you understand his reasoning? He, says he, didn't about, want, he doesn't want anyone to find out. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody to find out that he's Santa. Or I, yeah. I couldn't quite I, I, I couldn't connect the dots there enough, I don't think. Yeah, no, I it was it was confusing to me too. But I mean, in in the great Jamie Tart way, um, you know, I think somebody even said that that he like he just threads that threads that line somehow. <laughs> like, you know, he just somehow stays on that like ridiculous scale. Um, but yeah, of course, Jamie doesn't have one. So the Diamond Dogs come to the rescue, man. I absolutely love that the diamond dogs not only come to the rescue, but it's all like they trained and did it before, yeah. you know, like they are running on, so they are such a well-oiled machine with them and that they know what everyone else is thinking. <laughs> uh, of course, before this amazing Christmas opening that we have to talk about, you do also get our first reference to sexy Christmas from Keely oh, yeah. and uh, talking about her and Roy and what they're going to be doing later. But Spoiler alert, things might not go quite as planned. So well, also though, also just about the the way that they shoot these scenes, man, it's like she's sitting there like saying all these lines and it's like one line at a time and then they're all reacting like with just these cartoonish sounds and everything. And it feels just like so natural. It feels like just a bunch of great group of friends hanging out like that. Um, I don't know, there's something so natural about that. You know, it's just like, oh, we dress up, ooh, you know, and all of them are just making these noises. You can tell they're just having so much fun. And then of course, Jamie, God bless me, everyone. <laughs> it's just beard just like, Wow. <laughs> I just love, uh, I love when Keely's like, no, it's not going to be like that. And then she explains it and she goes, and then it's going to be and like, that. it's going to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> so the Christmas opening, uh, it's the first time that we've ever gotten in the altered Ted Lasso opening. You know, mm -hmm. we still have uh, this, this wonderful, we, it's cool because in a normal Ted Lasso opening, we only get Ted. Yep. And so it's great to see these little claymation figures of all of our favorites. Did yeah. you enjoy it? 
Oh my God. It was so great. It was so charming. Um, because you're right. I think also like I, I watched the whole series before I even actually went and looked up the names of any of these actors. Cause I was just enjoying it that much. And I think it's cool for people to like, see like, Oh, Jeremy Swift is, you know, is Higgins. I wouldn't have picked that as the actor's name, you know, like Phil Dunster. I wouldn't have picked that as Jamie's name and all that kind of stuff. So I think it was pretty cool to see like, Oh, that's who that is. Oh, that's who that is. You know, like, I don't know. I just see these people as they their characters um, when I first saw all these, but it's absolutely great. Of course, hearkening back to the great uh, Christmas movies of old. Um, perfect. Just absolutely perfect. A little bit of Rankin Bass, right? Uh, as go. we're getting started in Ted Lasso. So we get to basically when we're going through this Christmas episode, we get to see three different Christmases go at the same time. We get the Roy and Keeley Christmas. We get the Rebecca and Ted Christmas. And then we get the Higgins family Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to kind of take all of these sort of uh, what I'd like to do is jump back and forth sort of as the episode did and go along that way. So the first thing that we see after the opening is actually Keely getting ready for sexy Christmas and then she's ready to go, but then opens the door. And of course, who is there? Not Roy, but Phoebe. (laughs) I love how Roy's like, you didn't get my text, did you? Well, I also love that she like licks the chocolate fountain um, because like, that's what all of us would do, right? I mean, I was just like, I'll dip some like bread or some marshmallow in there. No, we all just want to put our tongue right in there and just lick the whole fountain like she does. (laughs) And it's just so funny because uh, he like they're obviously setting this up. And then with Phoebe right there, uh, Keely is like, Oh, hi Phoebe. As she's yeah. in her lingerie. It's just yeah. everything about it. And very, that it takes Roy funny. so long to notice that she's in the lingerie and just like, Oh God, you look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't put anything past that Roy Kent, right? Nope. Never, never. He's, he's there. He's here. He's there. He's, he's everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. So then after that, actually, we we get to go and move over to the Higgins family Christmas and we see them celebrating. And uh, Higgins mentions that he's invited the team over much like he does every single year. And they're kind of opening some presents. And then the doorbell rings. And who is the first player to show up? Of course, it's Sam. It's the heart of this show. I will tell you what, Sam is quickly becoming my absolute second favorite character. I don't know that anyone will take over Ted. I absolutely love Ted Lasso. I love what he brings to the show. But even more so than Ted, I feel like Sam is becoming truly the heartbeat of this show. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, with the last episode with the Dubai Air, um, you know, Strolithium Oil um, uh, angle, Um, And then this, you're right, it seems like they're really featuring him a lot. And, you know, one of the highlights of the first season to me was his conversation with Rebecca about J.K. Rowling. And it's because, again, like, I don't, the actor there, he just has such a sincerity about him. You know what I mean? Like, there's just such this, I, I just feel like every single thing he says, he means with all of his heart. And I don't know if that's just you know, great training at, at whatever school he went to. But like, it, it's one of those things. It's just like, every time he says something, I just think to myself, oh, I want to be friends with this guy so bad. It's so earnest. And there's no hint of irony. Like when Higgins yeah. comes up and goes, so Sam, what do you think about when you think about Christmas? And he goes, imperialism. Yeah, and like, not yeah. in like a snarky, like uh, talk back kind of a way. It's just nope. like, this, this it's is like, literally yep. what I think about when I think yeah, about exactly. Christmas. Like, this, this is. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is what he would think about. But yeah, it, it, it's it's very good. And I also just love the Higgins family. They just seem so delightfully goofy. You know, like he's bringing in this big surfboard wrapped thing, like surfboard wrapped and wrapping paper. And they're like, oh, what could it be? And everybody's just playing along with it. Um, I, I just love that, that it's just like everybody's just so delightfully goofy with each other. Again, I, I, I got to say it again that like it's like the perfect time for them to drop a Christmas episode because I just wasn't expecting it to happen, you know, in the middle of August. So it kind of I, I am a sucker for Christmas but tangent. Jeremy, <laughs> your thoughts on Christmas, the holiday season. Are you um, are you all in? Are, I know you're a Halloween guy. Oh, yeah, I get that. But like, where are you on the Christmas scale? Can't hold a candle to Halloween, but um, yeah, I'm I'm pro Christmas uh, generally. Um, you know, you could put me in the pro. Camp <laughs> you can now. now run for office in the yes, United States. Of yes, America. exactly. I can now I can now hold pro Christmas. Um, but no, yeah, I think it's great when you know we have those those moments. And you're right, like Christmas always is kind of seen as like a time when people lose their I don't know bad parts of their life and they just kind of have this general feeling of goodwill that goes out there um and of course that's something the world needs a lot right now and it's something that Ted Lasso provides a lot so this is why it's a perfect marriage here in this Christmas episode absolutely so now we get to see Ted uh on his Christmas and he's going to be FaceTiming because remember this is, in fact, an Apple TV Plus show, so <laughs> he has to make sure that he says he's FaceTiming yes, with his contractually son. Contractually obligated. Uh, contractually obligated to say that he's FaceTiming with his son, and they are going to FaceTime Christmas, and his son opens up a drone and then completely abandons Ted, and we feel pretty bad for Ted because he's already gone through this divorce, which was finalized in the offseason. They've kind of made reference to that already in this season that he is divorced at this point. And you have the, um, you have his son who obviously I can imagine like just as a dad, could you imagine being away yeah, from your kids at Christmas? No, it's just, no, I can't. I like can't immediately I feel bad period. for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Um, I mean, I know his kid is a lot older than mine, but yeah, like even being away from my kids for a day, uh, like makes me nervous and makes me sad. I can't even uh, imagine having to live far away from them, like let alone like an ocean away from them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a continuation of this thing, which is, you know, we don't really see the cracks in Ted's armor until like what episode five or so of the first season mm -hmm. um, with his, it's when his family life. shows up, it's after the auction. Yeah. And so, I mean, like we get like little things. He has that phone call, I think, in the first episode where, you know, it, it seems a little not not, you know, great. But yeah, like this is one of those things where you don't want to be alone on Christmas and you absolutely want to be with your family on Christmas. But unfortunately, they do have a match the next day, you know, so I mean, they have to they have to be around there. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely one of those things. And plus, you know, he starts watching It's a Wonderful Life like everyone does. And, you know, you start thinking about those things that George Bailey kind of thinks about in that. And that's kind of where Ted finds himself in the middle of this episode. So it, it is really you feeling really sad for a bit right here. But then, of course, Rebecca is going to show up to bail him out. But before we see that, we see this very kind of funny and oh my god storyline with cracked me and her bad breath. <laughs> and I love how it's set up like this. First of all, like this kid buying, and we're going to get to this kid later because Burn. we have a scene <sighs> with this child, and I want to bring something up at that point uh, about him. But this kid has given her toothpaste and a toothbrush 
uh, for Secret Santa because saying that her breath smells awful. And so Keely's like, oh, it can't be that bad. And then just immediately is just like, oh, 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 you know, just gagging about it. And then Roy. Roy's got the best line of the whole episode, man. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) No, because like he's trying to tell us, I've been in locker rooms for 20 years with other men, you know, it it can't smell worse than that. And I just love that like Gino Temple, she's just like, she's just sitting there just like, I don't know. (laughs) Like she smelt it. And he literally, Goldstein takes the great amount of time there just the beats, his eyes start flittering. And just like through like clenched throat is just i think you may be dying <laughs> you're right it's so great because like he is not wanting to crack in that moment and so he uh-huh. gives such a great uh facial reaction this is it a good it. try and then but once keely steps in front of him again he's just like every other moment <laughs> yeah absolutely and so that's going to lead us to them basically going and trying to find a dentist on christmas day which again will be a hilarious thing running throughout the rest of this uh christmas episode but we do cut back to Higgins briefly. We see that Rojas and a lot of other teammates are showing up at the house way more than the Higgins had expected, which yeah. sort of starts to feed into what feels again, like this wonderful team Christmas party that's going to be happening. But uh, I think before we get there, we should go back to the Rebecca and Ted storyline yeah. because Rebecca does come and sort of saves Ted's Christmas by saying, we need to go out. Let's go out and do this. And so what's she going to do? Apparently every year, Rebecca, because she is uh, very uh, affluent and can do this kind of thing, goes and buys all the Christmas presents for some of the children that might be either less fortunate or just not able to provide all of the Christmas gifts that they want. And she goes shopping for them and delivers those presents. And so she's able to then give all these presents out with Ted. And I just, I loved all of that scene and uh, all of that connection that they make between kind of Ted as the coach and Rebecca as the boss, but it breaks down a lot. And you see this a bit in the first season that they start to become friends, but this is a scene where truly you can see the, the passion and the care that Rebecca has for Ted. Yeah, absolutely. And you see, you know, it's funny because my big question at the first time was like, how did she get these kids letters? You know, because that's kind of amazing that she does this. And Ted asks her after they're done delivering, you know, like, do you do this every Christmas? And she said like, yes, um, you know, I did this for like six years in a row. But then like last year she didn't um, because that was the first Christmas after her divorce. And this is of course why she's thinking about Ted right here, because this is the first Christmas after his divorce. And she knows like the feeling that you want to isolate and you don't want to let people in and you feel that depression. And so she wants to rescue him from that. And, you know, it, it once again shows us what Sassy was telling us um, in the episode. Um, I can't even remember the city where they won that and went out to karaoke, but she says to Keely, like, you know, that this is not Rebecca, you know, Rebecca was fun and kind and, and, you know, she, she always uh, looked out for others and stuff. And this is finally where we're seeing, oh, Rebecca was a really great person, even when she was with, um, you know, her asshole ex-husband, you know, like she, she was a good person. She was doing great things. And then he just sort of broke her. 
Um, and, you know, it's good to once again see that. And I just love the very first house they go to. They're just like goofing off with each other's improv stories about being Santa's helpers and going around the world. And like everything that Ted says, she's always just reacting like, oh, yes. You know, <laughs> like those two, Hannah and, and Jason just have such a great like bounce off of each other um, in these in these shows. And again, considering, do you know where Hannah Waddingham is from? You know, I do like, not. She is, and I could not believe this when I found this, she was the shame nun from Game of Thrones that walked Cersei through the streets. She was Seriously? The one, yes, she's the one, Septa, Septa Una, she is, what's the character's name? She was, the, she was like the, I'm going to torture you for God nun in Game of Thrones. And I've used that here. meme so many times that I had no idea. I know, I was too. It, it like absolutely blew my brain when I saw it the other day. I, or I guess like, it's, a, I guess it's more a gift. And yes, I'm staking my claim that it's GIF and not JIF. Okay. Uh, so come at me. Front, front row lasso at gmail.com. There you, you go. You come at me. But it's just so great to see her because she's so goofy and fun on this show. And I was just like, man, that's that's an insane like uh, thing here. But these scenes with them are just so great. Um, and it, again, shows you the charity and the goodwill that Christmas can inspire in people. And that sometimes it takes you to do that. You know, sometimes you have to be the one that makes that happen. You know, uh, what's what's cool about it is that like the best Christmas episodes, because they can all be and not to not to, you know, try to knock down Charlie Brown a peg. They can all have that Charlie Brown message of like togetherness on Christmas and all that. Yeah. But it's when you have the multiple layers. So we get this Higgins family Christmas, which would be kind of like the traditional Christmas episode of a TV show. Right. But it's when you get that message from Rebecca to Ted that says like, I knew that you would be lonely this Christmas because I was there before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to come and save your day. I'm going to come and save your Christmas because you don't deserve this as a person. And it, it's just like, in a way it's so like heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same exact time. It's just so perfect. Again, the yeah. writing of well, this show is yeah, just and absurd. And it, it really speaks to one big common theme here, which is the places we will go to the, the, the lengths that we will go to for the people we care about, you know, like, you know, Rebecca is going to go out of her way to make sure she includes Ted in this to show him that even though he is lonely, even though he is depressed to be away from his family, he can still give joy on Christmas. He can still do that even from miles and miles away. He can do that for other families. The fact that, um, you know, Keely and Roy are going to literally go house to house to house on Christmas to try and help Phoebe, you know, they're going to, you know, just so she can feel a little better about herself um, right there in that moment. Um, and the fact that the Higginses do open open up their house to God, like what, like 20 players end up showing up at their house, you know, like, and they literally never bat an eye. There's never like a moment of them, like panicking. There's like one moment where Higgins is just like, geez, where are we all going to sit? But it's never, it's not like a, Oh my God, what are we going to do? It's like a, huh, this is a puzzle. <laughs> Let's solve it. And again, it's because they care for these players and they care for each other. Um, that's really kind of the big theme of the episode. Like there's no length you won't go to for somebody you love, not only on Christmas, but anytime. Absolutely. So let's go back to our traditional family Christmas. Let's go back to the Higgins household. And the team is just having such a wonderful time together there. They're sharing each other's traditions. I thought that that was really cool because yeah. to think about, particularly when it comes to football being uh, and soccer for us Americans. The true world sport, people. It, it really is, is truly the world sport. So they are 
all from throughout the world coming together. And I thought that that was really cool that they were able to um, put in some of those traditions within this episode as well. But there was a line, and this isn't quite my Tedism. Uh, mm. There was a line that Julie Higgins's wife gives to him and says, "Like you're so much popular, so much more popular this year, Leslie." Yep. Uh, or she says, "You're popular, Leslie. We we haven't had any this amount of guests in years." I love that because it kind of shows, I mean, even the growth in a character like Higgins. Remember Higgins in the first episode, Rebecca is sort of dismissive of him because she had, uh, or he had been hiding the ex-husband's, you know, yeah, Rupert. Rupert's indiscretions all over. He he like takes Rebecca out for dinner while Rupert like cheats on her. You know, stuff like that. It, it's really really awful stuff. Exactly. But again, like even seeing someone like a Nate or like a Higgins, and seeing them be able to have this kind of camaraderie with that team, I think is just a really cool thing. And some great, really wholesome Christmas scenes here as well. Uh, But then let's go into finishing up the storyline with Keely and Roy, because uh, Phoebe needs to find this dentist. And I love that (laughs) we're going door to door. And every time they're like, are you Roy Kenton? He's like, yeah. Are you a dentist? (laughs) And then I love the the kid that's like, no, my parents are lawyers. Ugh, that figures. That figures. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's so great. And then they find the dentist. Of course, they find out that poor Phoebe might have to get rid of her cat. And yeah. I love Keely's explanation where she's like, of course, they're not going to tell you that you need to get rid of your cat on Christmas. I'm sure this lovely doctor will find a solution. And your no, it's like, because medicines are that. a thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was just so funny how she delivered that line. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely love that. And then uh, culminating in the Love Actually scene playing yeah, great out, parody here. It's so great because and here's where I want to come back to the fact that he was giving this girl for her secret Santa gift, toothpaste and toothpaste and and toothbrush, because this child does not have funds on his own to go to some store and do this, that those parents allowed this kid to purchase a toothbrush and a toothpaste for this child to give to someone else as a secret Santa gift. Yeah. We are now parents. Don't you think you would say, why? Why yeah, would you even, like to do this? Even if he picked that out, even if Gibson did that and picked that out, I would just be like, wait, what's this? Like, why are you doing this? And if he told me that reason, I'd be like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Okay. So like, I think the real villains of this episode truly are that kid's parents. You know, they uh, seem so, that way because he does the line that Chiwetel uh, Ajiofor has in Love Actually is just like throw, you know, throw him some money and tell him to bugger off. So, you know, <laughs> they don't seem to be happy. <laughs> that is very right. That's very true. Um, but you no, know, I, I just think that that's like a cute storyline, uh, gets them involved, keeps Phoebe involved. I love Phoebe in this show. So yeah. uh, everything about that's wonderful. Also, we get to see that random guy, that random guy that was yeah. on in the first episode of season one and then he kind of showed up a couple of times in season one so he showed up at the uh, barbershop with jamie yeah (laughs) yeah we now know that he lives uh at uh that his mom's a dentist mom's a dentist yeah (laughs) it's just awesome that that they bring up some of those they bring back some of those cameos of different uh extras and things like that too absolutely just wonderful that the show does that so it's been a banger of a finish man (laughs) 
Oh yeah, man. Uh, so we get to remind ourselves that uh, Hannah Waddingham knows Ooh, how to buddy. sing. We get it at least once. It's contractually obligated that at least yeah. once a season I'm she has with to the, with a voice it like go. that. It better it better be in the contract that she has to sing in an episode. And I did find this out again about her. Both of her parents were classically trained opera singers in Italy. So of course, why not? Wonderful. Sedacus, <laughs> was that actually him? I doubt it. I mean. <laughs> that was, if it was, that was phenomenal. That was I'm the not best sure being Crosby I've heard in a long time. So I don't know. I don't know if Sudeikis has that low register, but who knows? Maybe it was. I don't know. That one just had the feel of lip syncing to me. I don't know. That That's just me though. You know what else feels like lip syncing? Larry Smith playing Sam Elliott. <laughs> Here we go. It's our Tedisms of the week. Tedism. For each week, we share Biscuit's truth. Yes, Tedisms. <laughs> All right, I got a few of them. I got a few Tedisms. I can certainly go first, but I will let you, fine sir, tell me what is your Tedism of the week? Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, I'll start. I'll start with my my main man Rocket here uh, because the ice cream story just absolutely got me. Just because of the way that he. And and Keely like play off of each other. It's like you know, no embarrassing is me forgetting how much you know dairy uh, wreaks havoc on me and eating those so much ice cream that I poop my pants on the bus home. And she just leans down, just like finish the story. And three weeks ago, <laughs> and that was just that cracked me up every single time because I didn't even do it that fast. It's just like finish the story three weeks ago, and it's just like that that British fastness. Like it was, that one cracked me up so much. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. I also love the deadpan at the very beginning of the episode when Phoebe is at the door uh, because Roy has to take Phoebe in and they have to cancel sexy Christmas. And he just looks at Keely with so much earnestness again and just goes, this does make Christmas significantly less sexy. <laughs> also, <laughs> also an offshoot of that, you know, uh, sexy December the 28th. <laughs> yes. The sexiest day of the sexiest year. Sexiest of right? all days. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I got to take the next one here because I absolutely, this one cracked me up too, but it's when they're listening to the Troubadours and Rebecca, you know, Ted throws some change into the guitar case. Rebecca throws this huge wad of money into the guitar case and Ted says, oh, I guess that's what I get for taking a tinkle next to John Holmes. <laughs> I don't know how many comedies can make a John Holmes reference and get away with it, let alone make it that funny. Absolutely. It was so, so perfect. Um, I've got two more that I need to share. And one of them goes to the little girl that Rebecca and Ted, <laughs> they open up the door, the first girl they're going to give presents to. And she goes, mom, there are two white people at the door and they're smiling. <laughs> Yeah. And before you do, before you do the last one, Sam, um, when he's talking to Higgins, son about uh, Santa Claus and he's like, you know, I know that Santa's not real. Uh, you know, he can't get everywhere in one night. And he says, ah, but don't forget, it's not just one night. It's 24 different time zones. You see, Santa's magic is not in his speed. It's in his endurance. It's <laughs> like, that's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and then to wrap then it up, the best quote uh, of the episode, probably of the quote of the episode from Leslie Higgins, to the family we're born with and the family we make along the way. And most importantly, to Richmond. Richmond. 
Just a wonderful episode overall. I am a sucker for a Christmas episode. I am a person that goes back and watch all of the Christmas episodes of The West Wing almost every single year. This is one I'm going to revisit. Uh, I got to say, to me, this ranks right up there with some of the best Christmas episodes I've ever seen. Absolutely. And it's really cool that it didn't come out at Christmas time. It, it really <laughs> came out of nowhere for me when I'm sitting down and I'm watching this episode four. Um, again, tie back into last week. Where is the conversation about Dubai Air anywhere in this episode? Don't but at the it. same time, at least uh, we got this brilliant Christmas episode. Where do you think uh, final thoughts on it, uh, where it ranks as far as Christmas episodes are concerned? Oh, definitely. It's one of my favorites of any show I've ever seen. Um, you're right. The West Wing had some great con- uh, Christmas episodes. Cheers had some great Christmas episodes. Um, you know, but I got to tell you, How I Met Your Mother had a lot of great Christmas episodes. Um, but yeah, this one, it just feels good. And I mean, like, that's what you want a Christmas episode to do. I want it to make me feel good, make me feel like Christmas, but also like give me that sense of it's all going to be okay. And I mean, definitely in the world right now, um, the way that things are going right now with with the pandemic and everything, this episode is coming out at the perfect time. And we all need that hope and we all need that something to look forward to. So um, absolutely, this this episode is fantastic. I think it's going to be pretty hard to top this one for the season, but we shall let them try. Yes, we shall let them try. And of course, we will be back next week with more peanut butter and biscuits. If you want to get in touch with the show, please email us at frontrowlasso at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. If you just search for the Front Row Network, Jeremy and I have lots of different shows going on there. Jeremy does a recap of Are You Afraid of the Dark called Are You Afraid of the Podcast? I talk all things Disney on a show called Beyond the Mouse. So you can find those as well (laughs) if you'd like to listen to those. Uh, Just wonderful talking tech. Lasso with you here. Also, we are part of NPR Illinois as well. So you can go to nprillinois.org and check us out on that platform as well. Anything else, Jeremy? I don't think so, man. This is great. Great four episodes so far. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do here in episode five. And uh, let's see if Dubai Air comes back. Who knows? Maybe they don't. Who, who knows? Oh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so for peanut butter and biscuits, I am Craig. I'm Jeremy. And you need to be a merry, merry, merry goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.